0: Lesson 7 of The Elements of Anatomy and Physiology This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeffrey Smith, New Orleans, Louisiana the Elements of Anatomy and Physiology by William Ruschenberger. 7. Functions of Relation Nervous System and Sensibility Functions of Relation The phenomena of animal life or life of relation depend upon two faculties, that of sensation and that of motion. These faculties, which do not exist in an equal degree of perfection in all animals, are wanting in vegetables. They are the result of an action of two apparatuses, the apparatus of sensations and the apparatus of motion. The apparatus of sensations is composed of the nervous system and the organs of the senses. The apparatus of motion is composed of the muscles, of the bones, and of some other organs. Apparatus of the Sensations Sensibility is the faculty of receiving impressions from surrounding objects. This faculty has its seat in a particular apparatus called the nervous system. It is also through the medium of this nervous system that motion takes place, that the influence of the will makes itself felt in different parts of the body, and that the phenomena of intelligence is manifested. We distinguish in this apparatus two principal parts, which are called the nervous system of animal life and the nervous system of organic life. The nervous system of animal life presides over the functions of the life of relation. It is also called the cerebrospinal system because the brain and spinal marrow are the most important parts of it. The term encephalon is applied to the great nervous mass formed by these two organs, and the other central parts of the nervous system lodged in the cavity of the cranium, and in the canal which exists in the whole length of the vertebral column. The cranium is a great cavity which occupies all the superior and posterior parts of the head, and which, at the inferior part or base, presents several holes. One of these holes, which is very much larger than the other, and placed a little behind, gives it a communication with the vertebral canal. The vertebral canal is a cavity hollowed out in the vertebral column or spine, of which it occupies the whole length. It consequently descends from the head, all along the back to the lowest extremity of the trunk, and even into the tail, when the animal is provided with an appendix of this sort. When we study the skeleton, we shall recur to the description of these parts. The brain, or cerebrum, is a voluminous viscous of a very soft texture, and of an oval form which fills the greatest part of the anterior of the cranium. It is divided on a middle line by a very deep furrow into two halves called hemispheres of the brain. Each of these hemispheres is subdivided, in its turn, into three lobes, and presents on its surface a great number of hollows and projections, folded on themselves called the convolutions of the brain we find in the interior cavities called ventricles and we distinguish in the substance of which it is composed two sorts of matter one white called medullary which occupies the interior of the mass of the brain and the other of a grayish color forms its superficies and is called cortical behind and below the cerebrum or brain we find also in the cavity of the cranium another nervous mass very much smaller but of analogous structure which is called the cerebellum the spinal marrow arises from the inferior part of the brain and cerebellum it has the form of a thick whitish cord and descends from the interior of the cranium to the lowest part of the canal which pierces the vertebral column. We give the name of medulla oblongata to the superior portion of the spinal marrow which is enclosed in the cranium. The encephalon, which includes the brain and spinal marrow, also called the cerebrospinal axis, is surrounded by different membranes which serve to prevent it from wounding itself against the sides of the bony case which encloses it one of these membranes called the arachnoid is extremely fine another called the dura mater is on the contrary very strong and in the interior of the cranium forms plates or folds which descend between the hemispheres of the cerebrum and between this organ and the cerebellum to sustain these parts and prevent them from pressing one upon the other. A great number of soft whitish cords go from the brain and spinal marrow to all parts of the body. They are designated by the name of nerves, These nerves arise, some from the base of the brain, others from the sides of the spinal marrow. In man there are forty-three pairs, of which the first thirteen arise from the brain and medulla oblongata, and pass out of the cranium through holes in its base. And the remaining thirty pairs arise from the spinal marrow, and go out of the vertebral canal by holes, situate on each side of the spine. The nerves are divided into branches and ramuscules, which are spread out in the different organs, and in them become so extremely fine as to escape our vision they possess extreme sensibility and the slightest wound of one of them causes acute pain the nerves give to different parts of the body to which they are distributed the sensibility which these parts enjoy they convey the impressions received by the organs to the brain which is the seat of the perception of senses It is also through the medium of the nerves that the influence of the will is communicated from the brain to different parts of the body, and that motion is performed. Indeed, if we cut the nerves which go to a limb, it becomes immediately insensible and ceases to execute voluntary motion, or in other words, it is paralyzed. Certain nerves serve only for the transmission of sensations Others serve only for motion, but the greater part fulfill both these functions at the same time This arises from the union of a certain number of nervous fibers of which some possess the first of these faculties and others the second At the point where the nerves issue from the spinal marrow, these two species of fibers are still separate and constitute two distinct roots, one situated before the other. The anterior root serves for motion and the posterior for sensibility. When in a living animal we cut the anterior roots of all these nerves, it is incapable of moving but preserves its sensibility while if we cut the posterior roots without wounding the anterior the contrary is true the ganglionic nervous system also called the great sympathetic nerve or nervous system of organic life is composed of a number of small very distinct nervous masses which are united to each other by medullary cords and different nerves, which anastomose, communicate by branches, with the cerebrospinal system, or are distributed to the neighboring organs. These nervous centers bear the name of ganglions. They are found in the head, neck, thorax, and abdomen. Most of them are placed symmetrically on each side of a middle line, in front of the vertebral column, and thus form a double chain from the head to the pelvis. But they are found in other parts, near the heart, for example, and in the vicinity of the stomach. That sensations may be perceived it is necessary that the nerves transmit them from the point where they are produced to the brain, either directly or through the intervention of the spinal marrow. The brain is, at the same time, the seat of the will and of the perception of sensations. When, in consequence of a wound or strong compression, This organ cannot perform its functions. The animal becomes insensible, ceases to execute voluntary motions, and falls into a state resembling profound sleep. It is remarkable that the nerves which arise from the right side of the spinal marrow communicate with the left hemisphere of the cerebrum, and vice versa. This results from the crossing of the fibers in the medulla oblongata, and hence it is that when the brain is paralyzed on one side only, it is the members of the opposite side of the body which lose their sensibility and motion. Farther, the brain, although the seat of perception of sensations, is itself very slightly sensible we may prick or cut it in a living animal without causing pain. The spinal marrow is, on the contrary, extremely sensible, and when it is wounded, the animal is convulsed. If it can be cut or compressed so that it cannot perform its functions, all the parts of the body whose nerves arise below the point of injury are at once paralyzed. The cerebellum seems to be designed to regulate motion. The second portion of the nervous system, or nervous system of organic life, communicates with the nerves which arise from the spinal marrow by a great number of small filaments, but it is distinct from it. This apparatus, which is also designated under the name of ganglionic system, or great sympathetic, on account of the connection which it establishes between different parts of the body, is composed of a great number of small nervous masses called ganglions, situated in the neck, in the thorax, and in the abdomen, in front of the vertebral column, and tied to each other by communicating cords. A multitude of nerves arise from these ganglions and are spread out in the heart, the lungs, the intestines, the glands, and other organs of vegetative life these parts of the body which receive their nerves from the ganglionic system are slightly sensible and the movements which they execute are independent of the will the principal nerves of sensibility terminate in particular organs through the medium of which they receive and transmit to the brain the sensations produced upon us by surrounding objects these organs are each destined to receive sensations of a certain kind and are called organs of the senses. End of lesson seven.